0: Thank you. Welcome back, guys, to the Kingdom Podcast Show. I am your host, Roderick Smith, here in the Kingdom Podcast Studios today. Hey, listen, we have an amazing show for you all. We want you to stick and stay. Hey, listen, we've got a really great episode for you today. We're still in the series, Full Grown Man. Last week, we had a real conversation about spirit-fed, spirit-led, full-grown men. And today we're taking it to a whole nother level in that category because I believe that it is important. In the studio today, we have Dana Condi. He is our guest on the show today. He's going to give his testimony and the things that he's gone through and the things that he's seen and what he's currently working on right now to become that full grown man. So you don't want to go anywhere. Stick and stay. That interview is on the way. Hey, guys, before we get into that interview, I need you to do me a favor. If you will, at the end of this episode show, you can go to the page, the same page that you are currently listening to this podcast show, and there is a link. It will say pod page, the kingdom podcast show, pod page, the kingdom podcast show. They are the guys that uh, distribute a lot of my content, and if you'll go there, That is where you will be able to interact with us. There, you can also subscribe. You can donate. Hey, listen, we need all of the help that we can get. We are newly in the area, and we are doing an amazing job, but we want to do even more, and through your giving, Your faithful giving on a monthly basis will help tremendously. Hey, listen, God is going to do it whether you do it or not, but we want you to be a part of what God is doing, and that is the little things that you can do to help the Kingdom Podcast Show stay relevant and available to every man on a weekly basis. So, at the end of every podcast show, go to the link at the bottom of the page Click the pod page, The Kingdom Podcast Show. Leave us a message or leave a donation, whatever you like, but interact with us so that we can be productive as men together. Hey, let's get into that interview already in progress. And welcome, everybody, to The Kingdom Podcast Show. Uh, Yes, we are in The Kingdom Podcast Studio today. I have a great friend of mine out of Wichita, Kansas, Dana Conde is in the Kingdom Podcast Show studio today uh, by way of phone, and I am excited about this interview today. He's a great man of God, very aspiring. Um, I've been on several of his uh, Facebook Lives. I love the work that he is doing. He's on fire. And again, we're talking about full-grown men uh, being under construction. So that means no matter what you've gone through in your life, We all have had bumps and bruises, ups and downs, and um, nobody can uh, throw stones at anybody in any area of our lives. So, as we get ready to get into this interview today, uh, just um, get in a place where you can glean and listen to this great testimony. In the studio today, Dana Condi. Welcome to the Kingdom Podcast Show, my brother.
1: Elder Roderick, thank you, sir. very appreciative and humbled you would allow me to join you and Absolutely. give my testimony. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for this chance. May your Holy Spirit speak through me. And uh, yeah, we uh, address some issues that I believe we all could use some help on, myself included. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. So as we get into this amen. interview today, man, uh, just give us a brief um, testimony of the young Dana Condi growing up young man uh, full of energy Mm -hmm. and just having fun in the world uh and just tell us a little bit about your background and where you grew up at
1: yes sir um well wichita kansas and kansas city born in kansas city but more so predominantly raised in wichita kansas here and uh where wsu is the shockers and um a lot of people say, Wichita Falls? I'm like, no, no, Wichita can't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, every time. But anyway, um, you go out to California, and they say, uh, what do you mean, where Dorothy and Toto from? I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <But> any- <laughs> so my, uh, my grandmother, Miss Helen Washington, she came and got me at three days old. Unfortunately, my mother was incarcerated when she had me, and I was blessed to have a grandmother that uh, was my caregiver throughout. Till I was about 14 here and there. My mom would come get me when she at first, when I was younger, I was under the impression that she just wanted another body for the welfare check, you know, another, another increase on the welfare check. But um, as I got older, She actually wanted to build a relationship with me. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Amen. At any rate, you know what I mean. So I got to see, you know, her. Okay, so I want to write a. This is a side note. I want to write a book, and there's a reason why I'm divulging this. I want to write a book, The Metamorphosis of a Butterfly Named Kathy. That was my mom's name. Oh wow! And um, yeah, yeah, man, because she, even though she was very beautiful she could be ugly when she was young. You know, we, when we we're young uh, and then I think she also battled mental issues and things of that nature, maybe a chemical imbalance or something bipolar. I don't know, mm. but um, yeah, she would, she would, she would give us uh so being raised by my, so I, I said, I want to write a book named that the title of that is because she became a beautiful butterfly as time went on, as time progressed. So, Please don't think that I'm just trying to color my mom as this monster. She mm-hmm. did. She changed like 180, to about face. Everything. It was crazy. Real life. So, yeah, it was. It was watching her development throughout my life, and especially now. Even though she's gone, she's no longer with us physically. Her spirit is still uh, in and around. Believe me, I'm not. I'm not BSing. So we'll we'll get into that hopefully as well. Okay. At any rate, so my amen. So my grandmother. She raised me, and she worked at the hospital. So also I would have babysitters, the Geisers. Uh, shout out to Geisers when um, I was young. Uh, Lacey and Evelyn have went on, but Lacey Jr. and Kim and Cheryl are still around. And they're just a beautiful family that uh, raised me. Pastor Terrence Floyd, he's here. He was around that, uh, the family as well. And they raised me a little bit because they would babysit me all day while my grandmother was at work. And then my grandma, uh, my mom would come up from Kansas City, or she'd get out of treatment, or out of prison, or something, and say, "I want my boy, you know, I want my son." And you know, she might bust up some windows, or, or you know, call the police, or get drunk and tear stuff up, you know, tear up the whole house. Uh, she was she was quite the 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 person to be around when she was faded. So. Um, she would get to drinking, and then, you know, unfortunately, get into substances and stuff like that, and to the to the to the degree in which you know she'd be barefoot. Um, just it was it was it was it was something else. Not but, pretty scene. So not at all, not at all. She would have me and my brothers and sisters in uh, in a car at night in Kansas City, pulling up to this warehouse-looking spot where they open up the door and you hand the money in and they hand you the needle and the works and everything out and inside homeless shelters with foam coming out of her mouth. And these folks are talking to us, talking about, where's your mom at? Why ain't y'all did y'all chores yet? You need to go get her up. And I'm like, oh my goodness, mom, wake up, wake up. And I'm shaking her violently. And to the degree in which the uh, ambulance had to come to make sure she didn't die. So that's the type of things that we had to deal with growing up. Me and my four siblings, and um, I got uh, my sister Deanna. She's under me. Then Bobby Jr. is under her, and then Jalissa, we called her Mia, and then uh, Mikey, my baby brother, is under. Is the baby? He's about to get married. He's a lawyer now. He's awesome. uh, doing. Yeah, man. He 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 really all all of my brothers sisters really took me and my brother Is the only one that been to prison he did a dime and I did up to for about 14 years accumulatively because of no father you know and that's basically I, I believe that that was a big reasoning behind you know me doing whatever I wanted and not having that guidance you know I was raised low-key by the streets and and just the homies and things of that nature because that's where I found love at and that's where I wanted to be at with other males, and we um, we we tend to gravitate towards where we feel loved, where we feel respected, where we feel a part of. Amen. Man. And so, you know, I was raised uh, back and forth, Kansas City and Wichita, and in Kansas City, you know, I stayed in the in the house because my mom knew what was out there in the streets, and she would be sober. I'd say about seventy five. 65% of the time she was sober. And when she was sober, she was very non-communicative. I mean, like literally a stone. Like all she did was sit there and watch stories, smoke cigarettes, and we had all the food we could eat, and we had a roof over our heads, but there was no communication, no nurturing, none of that. You know what I mean? And if I, if I washed the dishes wrong and I didn't, I left some grease on them, she's going to throw them back in the hot water, the scalding hot water, and, uh, had me wash them. And, um, I turned 13 and I, I, I had enough. I called my uncle Tim. I went down to on um, Prospect. Uh, we lived on 55th in Brooklyn. I went down to Prospect and on what churches is off, uh, right, right there off the Prospect. I called my uncle. He was there three that three hours later. Boom. So now I'm back in Wichita living with Aint net, the twins, and my cousin, rest in peace, Jeremy. Um, he had a, he had a big hand in raising me. He was a, he was a senior and I was a a sophomore (laughs) and, um, and my grandmother raised me in church too. Every week I was in church. So I have to, I have to, uh, give a a salute to her for getting me in that church house every single week and letting me go to the youth camps. My aunt Teresa, my aunt Jenna, they would take us to the youth camps. But now I'm fast forwarding to, when I'd had enough of my mom, eating the dog mess out of us. Um, well, whoever was the oldest, that's who she would take it out on. So I caught the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to me, when I left, Deanna caught the brunt of it. Then it was, you know, so... Um, so I'm in Wichita now. My uncle came and got me. And I'm pretty much having it my way because my uncle was selling cars. He was fresh out of prison. And he was kind of you know kind of a gangster like an old school gangster dude you know what i'm saying he's just real old school he going to tell you about three words and you better understand what he's saying cuz if you didn't you were just going to be lost in the sauce and he's out there selling cars and um i'm driving my dad's car at 14 years old learning how to drive and um smoking cigarettes smoking weed drinking you know right. just kicking it and and um so then my Jeremy, my cousin's uh, uh, homeboy, Rob, introduces me to his uh, his little brother. And he says, um, "He says, hey, man, you hustle? And I said, yeah. And it was on since it, that day. Uh, we went down and got a dove on 10. We got a $20 rock, sat, sat over there on Broadway and waited all day to make one sale. And then we came back and then made you know just doubled it up until we were selling ounces and then we was at the Napa off of a Broadway here in in Wichita and um, it we just got into rolling like insanely rolling and um, fast forward my homeboy uh, the the, uh, people that are unfortunately uh, addicted to the stuff we're selling they started jacking and, and, and acting you know real extra manish down there and you know, I don't know what it, what was going on, but it it was, it wasn't pretty. And unfortunately my bro had, had, we, we got into an argument about pizza and cause we were both trying to stack and stack and stack. It's like, it gets, it gets to be like a competition when you're in the streets and you know, it was a friendly competition, but it was still a competition nonetheless. And he wasn't a dirt bag, neither was I, but, he, we was going back and forth about the pizza in the room and who paid for this and who paid for that. So I went and got my own room, and he was down there. And unfortunately, uh, he got cut up real bad, man. Real, 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 real bad. Wow. And he calls me. Yeah, and, and they call me. I'm, I'm very light complexed, even though both of both of my parents are light-bright. And um, I'm light-bright, as you know. And they call me Whitey. So he calls me on the phone. He goes, Whitey. Something happened. And I go down there and he hurries up and shuts the door. So obviously he's still, you know, traumatized. And uh, the dude sucker punched him and then cut him up with this little box knife. He's got blood gushing out of everywhere. He's off his wrist and I'm just scared. I'm, I'm a young kid. I'm 16 years old. I don't really know what to do. So I, unbeknownst to him, I stick him in the shower and I call the police. Boom. And they come up. He was all right. Praise be to God. And so that was my first encounter with the streets where it was just, you know, some, some, some heavy stuff, you know, it, it just got, it got real. And, um, so we continue, we were still, uh, uh now we move to the hood and, you know, swinging dope in the hood or whatnot and just different dope spots all over Wichita, this and the third and, um, So you stand, I'll fast forward a few years and, you know, I'm, I'm, I bought my own. No, no, no. Wait. At 16, I bought my own car and I'm in the 10th grade and I'm staying with my aunt net and uncle Tim and, and whatnot, but we're staying in a big house and it's a downstairs and me and worm got the downstairs, Jeremy. And, so he had a whole bunch of homeboys. He was very well loved. Very great, great, cool dude, man. You, I wish you could have met him. Anyway, so he's got all his the college kids and the high and then his his homeboys over there, we always just just a kick in the spot. And so as I'm going to school and whatnot, I'm not knowing that if I stop going to school, some some of that money and the funds that help pay for all the food and all the the rent and electric and all of that is going to be off. So, but I dropped out of school and because I I asked Taiwan, he was my homeboy. He was sitting in front of me and I said, man, Taiwan, why am I here? I got a regal outside. I paid cash for a three fifty seven under the seat uh, pockets, just stupid mumped up. And I said, yo, why am I here? He said, I don't know. I said, I don't know either. And I left. So now I'm full fledged out there getting drunk, gang-banging, selling dope, just doing the most high-speed chases, about four of them, uh, evading the loops, and just craziness, man, on on a consistent basis every day. Oh, and at 16, I met the love of my life. She was at Heights High School. She asked her homegirl to holler at me, and she said, hey, what's your name? And I looked at her, and I said, huh? And I was arrogant, full of myself. And I said, oh. oh, oh." (laughs) And then she was like, she was like, like, no, not for me. For her, Rosa. I looked at Rosa and I was like, oh, okay. And we started talking and it was on ever since then. She was dating, uh, she was kind of dating a jock, uh, a football cat. And um, she, she wanted, I guess she wanted a thug or whatnot. And so I guess I fit the bill. She was infatuated at first and we fell in love and we had a child and he's Bain junior. And uh, so now I'm in the streets with my son, you know, out here till two, three, 4 a.m. And so I'm not, straight, I'm not cutting
0: you off, but no, 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 go ahead. Th- there's a pattern. And, and I, I want my listeners mm-hmm. to hear this because there's a pattern that he seen that duplicated itself into the young Dana that he'd seen. Yes. I, I want to point that out because there are men listening right now that may have experienced mm-hmm. that. And there is freedom out of that world. And so I, I want to make it very clear that the paths that we grew up in does not have to be our current situation.
1: Hey, Amen. There man, Jesus, is, man. Mo-
0: there is more. Go oh, ahead, brother. Right. I just wanted to point that out because uh, that was very significant there because that is what, um, in all of my studies that I do, is like a generational curse that is trying to inject itself into your bloodline.
1: Oh, facts. Yeah, no, I'm to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So, it's, <laughs> it ain't, I, I'm really skimming over the glamour shots, Like, yeah, I had gold on every finger, a big herringbone, money, um, you know, this, that, and the third. But there was also you sit in a barbershop long enough, you're gonna get a haircut. Now, I'm getting to that. Okay, so now I'm 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 having Dana out with me and and I end up going to prison, but because I wasn't uh God wasn't gonna let me uh God had other plans for my son and wasn't gonna before. let you fall. No, no. He wasn't gonna let me raise him like that. And 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 I had my son everywhere with me. But okay, so there was uh somebody that I had I had uh smoked sigmos for quite some time. And what it was, what did you do is is when you get the your your pack whatever the shake is, you'll take some out of that and put it in tobacco and you smoke it. I never had a real problem with it. It was one day when uh, and this was progressing, fast forward to about another, I don't know, I think I was like 1920 by this time. At any rate, so somebody comes up from the, I'm rolling up the sycamores or whatnot, and somebody comes from downstairs and says, yo, we're doing it the other way. And I said, the other way? And they was like, yeah, the other way. And I'm like, oh, okay, I did that before. Why did I lie? Man, I had never done that before. Man, why did I do that? It was like, I, I, pressure. I, uh, ooh, peer pressure hey, is strong. You sit in the barbershop, you sit in the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. So, uh, man, I hit that junk, I heard that whistle, and it turned a man into a mouse because I was quite turned up as a youngster. I was a, 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 a butthole. But as soon as I messed with that junk, it it made me such a cur and just a weirdo. And uh, I'm glad of that because I I don't want, I don't want to be comfortable with no mess like that because God has called me out to do something different. Amen. Amen. So, so now, you know, it's, it's all bad. And once, once we do that, once we invite that witchcraft into our vessel, now the enemy has a foothold and he can alter all kinds of stuff. Because we have now bit the apple, so to speak. That's right. So when I bit the apple or smoked the same stuff that I was selling, that same poison that I was selling and thought everything that glitters was gold and all of that, unbeknownst to me, it wasn't. I didn't understand the gravity of the situation until I bit the apple, like all of them, all of the people that was filling my pockets. What? Oh. Right. Okay. So, all right. So now. Um, running around like idiot. I'm, I'm at the spot now, and my uh, my big bro Jay, the Smalls family, they're my other second second family. I'm over at the spot, and we be having spots or back in the day and all of that. And so I would be sitting there for a few hours, and as soon as it got slow, then I'm off to the races trying to get my high. Now it would get, it got so bad to where I would just barely. Get at the spot, boom, oh, ain't nobody come in five minutes and now I'm out, but it was that stuff calling me it was it was uh, uh, no longer it was no longer me but the sin that was living in me right. because I was allowing it to take control over me, so and that's just how the devil works. once you give him a, a toehold, then he's going to take a foothold, then he's going to get a stronghold, and if you're not saved, he can can possess you all the way out. But if you're saved, you can only be obsessed.
0: You said something but, um, right there. You said something right I'm there. Mm-hmm. Being saved is the importance. I heard you say at the Amen. beginning of the interview that your grandmother took you to church. Amen. So the the, yes, the church was the, the church was in you at an early age. Just oh, yeah. like you, and just like many of us, even the listeners that are on here right now listening we taken our own avenues, but that church was still in us. That seed was still there. Ain't no a, question. I was. Yeah.
1: I was. Um, I was. I was in the way. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always. I've always. Uh, uh, alluded to the fact to my. My grandmother and my mom when she was still alive and they came up there. I said, you know, one of these days, uh, and I still hope to. To speak this, but one of these days I want to get in front of the youth and tell them: Are you in the way? There's only about three percent, three percent,
0: three percent
1: out of a hundred. Three percent out of a hundred are stone cold gangsters, stone cold killers. They, they, they just ain't ain't no changing them. They they may have already understood that and they've already made a pact with the devil. 97% of people are just in the way. You, you're, you're not, we're, not, we're not for real, for real built like that. We are inherently good. We are children of the most high God, but we're out there wanting to, uh, you know, have a reputation,
0: be have popular. that, uh, yes, be, popular. be loved. Be yeah, loved. be popular. I want, you, amen. You said something right there. Wanting to be loved. I, yep. I heard you say that, you know, there may wasn't a lot of love expressed in your home at an early age. But growing up. No. But you found I never that got... love out in the streets. Yes. We
1: had, when we were young, our homies, I, I rock with folks and troops. And here in Wichita, it was everybody against us. So we were real close. There was a lot of respect. If you even raised your voice back in the day, pre two thousand, I'm not talking about after two thousand because stuff went crazy after that. But pre two thousand, if you even raised your voice at one of the homies, everybody, the music's gonna stop. Like, whoa, you know. So there was a lot of love. We we respected each other. We ate together. We hustled together. All of that. So there, it was. It it was, you know, for all purposes intended, there was real love. It, but it was it wasn't for the right kingdom. Amen. Amen. We amen. Were, Built, we were building something that was not on a solid foundation. And so we fast forward to, you know, you sit in the barbershop long enough, you get a haircut. So I got the haircut. And so then something comes up in my life where I feel as if everybody's against me. So I leave. I bounce up out of Wichita in fear and I'm drinking every. Dr- alcohol is my drug of choice. I don't really even mess with dope. It has to be. Right in my face, and I would have to want to do something for me to do it. But so, but alcohol is my drug of choice. And when I was out here, I left Wichita. Boom, going all over this country, Elder Rodriguez, all over this country, homeless and drinking and drinking myself to sleep every night, staying in homeless shelters, um, shacking up with uh, women that. I would have never messed with had I not been in that position, being drinking and stuff, stuff like that, because I was uh, taken over by the liquor because I had to have it just to go to sleep. And then there, there was some good people I met throughout that journey, but that that season of my life. But for the most part, I was a drunk, and I needed to drink just to feel normal. So, I'm going all around the country. And I get locked up because I go up to Wyoming and I get in the county and I see uh, I see these dudes with all these pictures with these four-wheelers and four-by-fours and, you know, all these cool, nice, big-boy toys and all that. I said, man, what do y'all do around here? They said, we work in the oil field. I said, what? Yeah, we make $27 an hour, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, right. So I'll be darned. They did. And I got out there. And that's when I learned work ethic. Now, this is about – I'm about 20 – Five, twenty-six, twenty-seven. at this point mm-hmm. and um so I'm working out there in the oil field and boom I get locked up I got six years of slapping somebody so then I go to Wyoming State Penitentiary and in there that's when I really started getting close to the Lord my grandmother sent me a verse and it broke me down 2005 and I just dropped to my knees she said it said uh it said uh Proverbs 16, seven, when a man's ways, please the Lord, even his enemies will be at peace with him. I dropped down, I started sobbing and that's when I had my road to Damascus moment. And I just knew that the Lord had something for me because I I felt his presence. So that felt his
0: promise. So that's where the power of the Holy Ghost arrested you, right? Amen. 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 That part, that, that part there. That's what I love. That's the whole big part of this whole testimony. I love that part there because there was new life. Did you hear me? Everybody listening. There was new life that was shed upon this young man that turned him around that where he seen where he had been was not where he needed to go back to. When you're down, the only place you can go is up. That is men under construction. That is what we've been talking about in the last two series. This is the third series of full grown men becoming a full grown man is a part of your testimony. None of us have lived a perfect life. None of us have just been, you know, set to where, um, with no barriers because everybody, everybody, has something that we're not proud of. Uh, I just want to read a scripture, interject this into this uh, right now. I'm I'm looking at Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 and 10 Mm -hmm. says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor Mm -hmm. of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And that is what growing up is the devil tries to kill us. He's here to kill, Mm -hmm. to steal, Steal, and to destroy. destroy. He tried to kill you. He tried to steal who you were. And that's why it's so Mm -hmm. important that when we have an opportunity like we have right now, a platform to encourage the body of Christ concerning men to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and to have Amen. people around us to mentor us, to take us to church, to tell us what we need to hear. Even many times when we're in our acts of foolishness. That's not what we want to hear. But that's what we need to hear. And people that will be oh, bold yeah. enough to tell us. Go ahead, my brother.
1: Right. I, I agree. I agree. So, okay, so I'm in there, get broke down by that verse. And um, I just start drawing, you know, when I don't know how many of the listeners have been locked up. But when he when he uh, I didn't get arrested, I got rescued. You know, I'm a hustler. I get money and I don't mind uh, working. I don't mind working, but um, I like to work, but I got rescued. Ain't no use of me lying. I, I, I don't know where I would be had He not rescued me in that manner in order for He could sit me down so I could hear His voice, amen, without all the distractions. So, so He started cultivating me and pruning me and uh, grooming me and through His Word so that I could hear Him better, so that I could be able to listen to the Holy Spirit and uh, know His voice. He said that my sheep will know my voice. And looking back, like I say, hindsight 2020, looking back, I know that that's what that was. And he kept giving me chance after chance. So I did a six-year bid on that and got out, got to um, drinking again, and went back to prison on, what was it? The first time was intimidation witness. The second time was uh, a stolen No, the first time was a stolen car, and then it was intimidation of witness. So I just fast-forwarded past the stolen car, and then it was intimidation of witness. Then it was, the other time was a pistol case, and I went to the feds. So fast-forward to where, okay, so now I'm in Wyoming, caught the pistol case. This young lady, she's no longer here. She got into a wreck. She wrecked into the hospital. But anyway, she told on me. And she said, I had a pistol in there for no reason. I, well, she, she didn't have a license, so she didn't want no extra trouble with the police. So she just told on me because she thought she was going to get in trouble. But I would already asked the officer to let us go. We were going to catch a cab. I was going to be able to lock up my car and all of that. I was working construction. And I had the pistol somewhere in the speaker box or something. And um, so she our, uh she told on me, boom, and... I'm pretty sure that that was a divine intervention for me to go take a rest and get, get another time out. Absolutely. But at any rate, you know what I'm saying? So, yep. yep. Boom. That's God go, work. Go, yep. So I go I go to the fence for the pistol. It was federal. And, take, and um, I asked for El Reno, Oklahoma because my son was living in Norman at the time with his godmother. And so I asked for El Reno, Oklahoma, and then I get to see him. And that's when I really start to really dive in. I mean, I'm at, if I'm not in a weight pit, I'm at church. And if I'm in the church, I'm at the study group with Brother Cotton or um, that mayor that was there, Kwame Kilpatrick. He's uh, doing studies now too. And, uh, you know, we were—we were we were there, you know. Learning the things of the Lord, um, praying together, fellowshipping, wow. and that's when I really, really got into having to walk by faith because it, it was, it was, it was something else. So I go back on violation and um, had to get stronger in my faith because there was a lot of tests and trials in that season. So boom, and then I get out, and he says, um, "My mom had died when I was in the hole right before I got out, unfortunately." And she wrote me not too long before that, and said, "You know, Scooter, that's what they call them. my my family calls me Scooter." They said, "You can," um, she said, "Scooter, you can come over here. No, no drug, no alcohol, no women, and you can stay with me." I'm like, "All right, bet." And every time I got out, she had always looked out for me and my brother while we were locked up. She, I had plenty of money while I was in there. She took care of us the whole time. So. And um, he just showed us love by the writing us and sending us money and stuff like that. so I'm all excited I'm about to get out and uh, go go live with my mom and take care of her because she is, she had gotten up there in age, and unfortunately she had uh
0: hey amen so right. I,
1: I get out I get out and um I'm on the way. So in the in feds, you got – so they send me to Beaumont and all kind of crazy stuff. So I'm in Beaumont, Beaumont, Texas. They call it bloody Beaumont. Beaumont, and, Texas. And uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking to a Texas, so you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Woo, Beaumont, there's a, Texas. There's some, humi- there's some humidity over there. Yep. But anyway <laughs> – In Texas, uh, period. I think it makes makes them crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I'm in Beaumont, and uh, yeah, man, I get out. So in the feds, you got USP, medium, the low, and the camp. So the camp drivers can drive all of us to the bus station. And the Lord had already gave me my mom's voice when I was in the hole before I got out. And uh, so I'm going to the house. And in in the van and the camp driver keep talking about all these cell phones and all of that and how they can, you know, it's, 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 it's you know, camp Snoopy over there. And I, I think to myself, I was like, well, oh, I bet you got a phone. Who do I need to call? And I was straight up on some, you know, I got this. I don't care who, uh, cause remember I told, remember I spoke about, I left Wichita cause I felt fearful. So I left Wichita. So God told me to come back like Jonah. Amen. Right. And I said, are you serious? Go back to Wichita. I don't even like Wichita. So I really, really don't. I love it because my family's here and I want to listen to the Lord. But I got to be honest. I I really never have liked this town. But anyway, so there, there's a very, very, there's a cloud over it. And there's a lot of generational curses that we need revival here.
0: So amen. amen. Pray, You're pray a part of that right now. Here. What, What you are In doing Jesus right name. now, what you are doing right now, make no mistake about it you are doing an amen. impact on Satan's kingdom right now
1: amen and G, okay now now you're gonna have me really put my foot on the neck <laughs> let me tell you, tell you everything no we're, but, um, we're, so.
0: we're, 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 we're about to wrap it up some but um, okay get to the part, because I, I I've got to have you back on I mean this is this is great but um, tell us something about um, men young men, older men right now that have gone down a path similar. Uh But they're they're trapped. Kind of like you Mm. and I, when we were talking about earlier, in their Mm. mind, they're trapped. They've done things, they've gone places, they've said things, maybe they've been to the pen. Maybe they've never been to the pen, never got caught. Maybe they have secrets that they don't want to tell anybody. Maybe right. they deserve uh, penitentiary numerous times themselves, but they've never been. There's some men right. listening right now. Mental incarceration yeah. It's a powerful, real thing that is happening. Yes, mentoring men that I've done for now over ten years, I've talked with men, and they live in a world that are that is trapped. Because of the things they've seen, things they've done, and they feel inadequate or they're not at a position to where they can be a blessing or help. You right now are making impacts. I've watched your Facebook lives and I see the impact that you're making with people, men and women, and the encouragement that you give because of your boldness to tell your testimony that most men would sit on and wouldn't say anything.
1: He saved me from so much, other Roger, <clears throat> that I can't sit down on him. My uh my auntie says, uh, she does group here at their treatment at Deca here, in Wichita, and the Holy Spirit be all up in there. One day she said, uh, she said, she tells her the client, she said, You better not sit down on God. He don't sit down on us. And he saved me from too much to not shout from the rooftops, Jesus is my savior. He is my redeemer. And I'm going to say this to piggyback off what you mentioned is the best times that I've had in my life is those forging and that pressure to make the diamonds when everything is, and I know to say, you know, beautiful and pretty and all of that, but those are some of the best times because you get the raw conversations with the creator of the universe. Yeah. Father God, Father God, I, I need you. I, I Why, 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 Lord, why, Lord? Believe me. He's there. He's bottled up your tears. He cares for your sorrows. He wants what's best for you, a plan and a purpose for your life. What there comes to mind is Jeremiah 29, uh, uh, 11 through 13. For I know the plans that I have you have for you, not of, calamity, but of hope in a future. And you will find me when you seek me with all your heart, not half, not part, Beautiful. not 75%, but all of your heart, Dana. And I'm speaking to myself right now. And um, when we, when you, like you mentioned earlier, when you have nowhere to look but up, that's the best moments to talk to God. When you feel that everything is against you, he allows those moments so that when we can't carry the load anymore, he lets us know that his yoke is light, Ooh, this soft. world's yoke is heavy. The, the world's yoke is heavy, amen? Everybody knows that, but we still go back to play with it. We still want to go back to Egypt. He's freed us from that bondage. That we need so to soft. live in this freedom, amen? We need to live in this freedom instead of going back to Egypt and having those wilderness mentalities like the Israelites. Oh, I wish I had the onions and da 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 of Egypt, or, or I wish I could still smoke that keel. All that is is a distraction from your relationship with the Father. Because like you said earlier, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yep. But he comes to give life and life to the fool. And in he's abundance. done that for me and I, in abundance. <laughs> and I pray that he would do that for each and every man and woman that would hear, have ears to hear that he loves you. Jesus is love. He and that's all love. he wants to do is have us to come on in and stop being distracted by these foreign gods that will not do anything for us.
0: They're, they're,
1: they're wooden clay. They're not the living God. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. In the next um, the two minutes that we have left in this interview, man, um, mm-hmm. and, and just off the top of your head, however way you want to do it, um, just say a, a, a final encouragement. And then I would ask that you would pray uh, with these men because, uh, we don't know who's going to be listening to this. This, uh, broadcast goes around the world in seven different countries. Um, yes, sir. It, we don't know what they're experiencing or what kind of, uh, shape that, uh, is taking place, what kind of circumstance. And so, um, I would be remiss if I didn't give you the platform, um, And to allow God's energy to interject in somebody's situation right now. So as you pray, as you give the final words of encouragement uh, of this podcast and to wrap up this um, series of full grown men, how to become a full grown man, that is knowing God and being under construction, which we all are under construction. Nobody is just perfect.
1: Encourage I'd like to thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Elder Roger. Okay, so what I, what comes to mind right now is when I was in the feds, my brother, Justin, uh, I forget his last name. At any rate, so uh, we were in the hole, and we were, God had us together. This is a white gentleman, and I'm, even as light as I am, I'm classified as black, so they for them to have a white and a black in the feds and, and that long was nothing but the Holy Spirit. We even got to move cells and everything together. So we was in spiritual boot camp. And so I'm going to fast forward to about the third month that we was in the hole together. And I said, Justin, um, so the chaplain keeps coming by and he would go real fast past my, my door because he knew I was going to have that cart there for a minute. Now, cause I'm searching, I'm with everything. I need everything. And uh, I got this little bitty window, to look in and he comes early in the morning while everybody sleeps so that he didn't have to be bothered with nobody. And to me, I'm thinking like, why would he do that? Like, are you seriously for Christ? I, I gotta be honest. That's what my my thought pattern was with it. So I, I I bark at him. I'm like, hey man, why would you do that? Blah, 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 blah. And I got, I got convicted and I said, I'm so sorry, man. My bad. I'm sorry. And I asked Justin later, I said, bro, why would I talk to that man like that He said, it's not—I said, why can't I control my tongue, Justin? I was in tears almost. And he said, bro, it's not about your tongue. It's about your heart. Your heart—your tongue is only a delivery system for the heart. And that's what we have to ask the Lord to do is heal our hearts. It's about a heart condition. So whatever past traumatic—whatever past traumatic experiences that we've been through, whether it be molestation, whether it be uh, getting— Uh, physically hurt by our parents, uh, a non-existent parent, you know, no parents at all, Um, you know, addiction, any of these things that have given us trauma in our childhood, we have to heal that in order for our heart to be healed. Because once our heart is healed, then we can love others, our wives. Uh, We we know that we are loved by the Most High God because we've asked him to help us To heal these past traumatic experiences So now we are free To love genuinely And not just because we want something From somebody We want to control them So I'm going to pay the rent I want to control you So I'm going to put this good sex on you I want to control you So I want to do this No, it's I want to love you Like God loved me So I want to also extend that love to you So we got to heal the heart It's all about the heart. Amen.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Give us a prayer uh, over these men. Um, And thank you again for being so genuine and being so openly bold uh, to tell your testimony. I'm grateful.
1: Thank you. I'm blessed. Thank you for the opportunity, brother. I'm blessed. Yes, sir. This is a blessing. Yes, sir. Father, Father God, I just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. That's, it's all about the name Jesus, uh, the name above all names. Help us to remember that, understand that, and keep that in our hearts, Father God. Thank you for the circumcision of our heart. You know there was a Abrahamic covenant, and it was a circumcision, a physical circumcision of the man's phallus. Yes, God. But now we are under the covenant of a circumcision of our heart, Father God. Father God, I ask for you to continue to watch over. Elder Roderick, his marriage, his ministry, Father God, this kingdom podcast. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I ask you to speak to the minds and the hearts of the gentlemen listening, Father God, and if there's any women listening, Father God. But we, you have appointed us to lead, Father God. So if we're, if we're out of the natural order of things and we're not leading correctly, then everything else is out of order. You're a God of order. When you gave the instructions on the ark, when you gave the instructions on the ark of the covenant, when you gave the instructions on how, uh, you are going to make uh, uh, the, the the temple. All of these things, you gave precise, explicit instructions. That's a foretelling of how you want us to run this thing down here on the earth. Your representatives here, Father God. So help us to get with you and ask it, like David did. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your miracle working power, Father God, the blood of Jesus, so that we may inherit eternal life, Father God, if we confess with our tongue that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart and make a conscious effort to turn away from these distractions, Father God, past traumatic experiences. We ask for you to help us to heal them, whether that be through a counselor, whether that be to just venting to you in our secret place, or whether that be getting a mentor uh, like brother elder Roderick or pastor, whatever Avenue you would allow us to help heal our heart. We'd appreciate a blessing in that right now, Father God. So now we are, we are healed as we go out and rules in the domain in which you give us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, man, wife, children, church, yes, community, God. city, state, Father God, you are a God of order. You don't make mistakes, and you don't make trash. You don't make uh, uh, stuff by happenstance. Yes, None of this is coincidence. This exact divine appointment that you have blessed me with to sit here and speak of the wonderful things that you have done in my life, and all those, all of those trials and storms were, in order to forge me so that I could be stronger, Father God. Yes, Hallelujah. God. Thank you, Lord, for the trials and the storms. I praise your name because you are worthy. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for all of it. I Thank wouldn't take you, none Jesus. of it back. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I pray a, a special blessing over each man and woman that is in earshot of my voice right now that you would bless them with your voice and let them hear you and let Jesus. them know that they are loved, Father God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Thank you, my brother. Thank you for all that you have done today. I pray and hope that this episode today in wrapping up our series again, full grown men, men under construction. I pray that you have been blessed. All of my listeners I want to thank uh this great man of God, Dana Conde, uh, in his uh just explicit and a uh, blessed life that he's living now even Amen. even uh, the past circumstances uh, all was in preparation for the beauty that he's living right now and we just want to thank you again hey listen guys we've got to get out of here thank it has you. been a blessing to bring this broadcast to you today i pray and hope that you are doing well and i pray that the house That you are dwelling in. I'm talking about that spiritual house. God is the king and the kingdom of that house. Keep it real. Keep it real, my brothers. In Jesus' name we pray. Dana, we love you. We'll see you on the next Kingdom Podcast show. You guys be blessed. Thank you, brother.